was working down at uh, um, Shawnee Baptist, and it's a church down in Louisville, Kentucky, and he's on the staff there uh, for a number of years. He was the head of the college there as well, and a Bible college, I should say, and uh, was running that as well. And uh, that's kind of where my son and Brother Brad, uh, here on the stage, the adult leader here in the auditorium, uh, where they went to school. And that's how we kind of got acquainted with Brother Moon. And it was uh, really uh, just the Lord put us all together. And um, through the years, uh, my, my son and Brother Brad had gotten you know, to know him in a really close way. And I've gotten to know him the last few years in a much more intimate way. And it's been a blessing and just to get to know him. And I know as a church, we've gotten to know him. His preaching is uh, just practical. It's down to earth. And uh, he's fired up for the Lord. He loves Jesus Christ, and he is a soul winner. And you're going to enjoy his preaching. And I'm telling you, you want to put it on your schedule this week. If I don't, Whatever you're doing, clear the schedule. Plan on being here. You will not regret it.
separated me from Christ my Lord. It was so vast the crossing I could never pour. From where I was to his demand, it seemed so far. I cannot come to where you are. He came to me. He came to me. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. That's why.
not sure that I'm turned on. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. Let me just do this real quick. All right. Hello. Amen. Hey, good. Night is good to be saved. Amen. How many of you saved this morning? Raise your hand. Good. All right. Good. That's right. Brother Brad, did you? Oh, you did raise your hand. I apologize. I got, I got hung. I came in late here for the auditorium uh, for the service. Uh, Brad and I had gone out to take a smoke, and uh, I was out, and I knew he'd have one. And even by brand, I smoked. And uh, anyway, and so uh, we ran out there and came back. He slipped back in earlier because he hotboxed his, and I didn't. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you used to do that. Brother Rick did that. I know he did, yeah. Still does. And uh, anyway, and so I came, and, and the fellow at the middle would not let us in. He said, not till that first song drove. You're not going in. I thought, oh, I hope he lets me in sometime. <laughs> I'm in trouble. That's what you get for running out to take a smoke, I guess. All right, I'm teasing about the smoking, not about the being locked out. He did keep us out. Bless his heart. But he's doing his job, amen? Should have been there on time. And I was late. I was late because of Brad, but not really. He was helping me find something, and that's what made me late. Man, it's good to be here today, and I'm glad you're here today. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what y'all did for your pastor. I was thinking this morning, I was praying for pastor and for the church and for you uh, uh, as a whole, and I was praying for the staff because I know them. And I, I was thinking, I know him, I, yeah, especially Brad and well, I won't talk about Josh, but anyway, he, he's still dipping. He got over this. He, he quit smoking and started dipping, but anyway, anyway, we did get him to quit doing that down at Shawnee at, when we had to college. I, I got to quit the foolishness, get to the seriousness. I want to be serious, all kidding aside, um, and I was praying for the staff and for pastor, and I was thinking, one of the best kept secrets in America is your church and your pastor and what y'all have done, and what you're doing, and the impact you're making. And uh, I just consider it an honor that I'm here. And uh, I, it's, it's great if you've been somewhere before and I ask you to come back. That's, that's, that can be a miracle if you're a preacher. And uh, anyway, but I, I appreciate it so much. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. And again, thank you for what you did for your pastor in his 25th year anniversary. Thank you so much. Uh, I know that how he feels about stuff like that. I was, I was telling it last year. I, I did go on my trip too, by the way. I went, to, I went to Canada, and, uh, and uh, I, uh, we, we had a great, Sheila and I had a fabulous time in, not Canada. We, yeah, we was in Canada too, but uh, Alaska, and we had just a fabulous time. But I, I, that did something. Pastor, I thought, while I'm here, if you've ever been, am I too loud? Sound like I'm getting up. I'm too loud. Uh, I can't be much quieter, so you'll have to do the turning down, not me. My wife will say, Ricky, you're too loud. I don't know where the volume's at. Is it? I can't find the volume to turn it down. But anyway, um, you know, I was thinking when I was there, I thought, you know, Lord, I'd like to win somebody to Jesus while I'm on this trip. Well, if you've ever been on a cruise, it's not conducive to witnessing. That's for sure. And uh, I tell you, uh, but uh, especially if you just go on a regular one, if you don't go on ones with the Christians, and I didn't. Uh, but uh, so, you know, you, you kind of work your way around all the stuff. I thought it was interesting. I went to the, uh, <clears throat> I went into the, uh, to one of the shows they had there, and uh, it was, uh, it was for the children. And then I got up and left after the children's show because I knew what was coming next. And this other lady left, and she goes, looks at us and said, "I see you're leaving too." And I said, "Yeah, I don't. We don't really care for what's coming next." And uh, it was the, uh, they called the first one the, the was the children. The next one they called it for the adults, which meant it was going to be R-rated or X-rated. 
And so, <clears throat> and so we left, and, and uh, she, said, she said a couple things about it, and, and she goes, are you a preacher? And I said, yes, I am. Why, Jack? She said, well, you got in the elevator, and you were all smiling and talking to us and asked us how we're doing. That's what a preacher does. I didn't know that's what a preacher did. I just do it because I'm folk. That's just me. But anyway, but I thought that was neat. But I had an old boy from Tennessee. And you know how those people originally from Tennessee, that's where I'm from. They're all a bunch of heathens anyway. And uh, I, th- we need help. But anyway, I, uh, uh, I saw him. And we got, I had talked to him several times. And I, was, I, was on a sh- I was on a, went out on a cr- uh, one of the excursions on a boat. Uh, wh- we're looking for whales and stuff. And I thought, boy, people paid a lot of money for me to be on this thing. Lord, could you just give me a whale up close that I can see? And honestly, in just a minute, and I've got my binoculars and everything, in just a minute, one came right next to the boat. I didn't have time to get the camera and take the picture. But I was like, thank you, Lord. That was a blessing. And so then on the ship on the way back, those are the different type whales. And then the other type whales that's out further in the, in the ocean that we saw, I saw, I see a bunch of them. And we was in one when we came, there was a cove over there and you could see the cove. And, and it was like, it, this is amazing. It was like they were orchestrated together. You, you've been to the places where they got the, the, the things, that sp- the water shoots up and they go, doop, 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 and they got it in a row. Any of you ever seen that? They got it down in, they got it down in Nashville, Tennessee at, at the Gaylord center down there and and man it's like and it you know and then one squirts water over to another and it squirts water over. it's like it's it's synchronized hits hits and goes on it's real neat i looked out there and those whales you watch for their spouts and i looked and i saw this boop, 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 boop. in just a second i kept looking boop, 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 boop. they did about three times in a row just spout spout spout, spout. and i was like good night there's they're synchronized together out there it's great i said lord i'd like to see one up here close to the boat and just a minute one came up and went down and I stand there, and the guy from Tennessee came up. I started talking to him about that, and I said, boy, the Lord's good. He answered my prayer. It's a simple prayer, but he answered it. And I said, man, God's good, isn't it? He said, yeah. And I said, man, i tell you what. I said, I didn't ask you. I said, where do you go to church? He said, well, I don't go much anymore. And I said, he said, I need to. And I said, well, let me ask this. Do you know you're saved? you know you're going to heaven when you die? He said, no, I don't know that. I said, would you give me the privilege of sharing it with you? And right there, looking over the ocean on the 10th deck of the carnival, a legend, he bowed his head and asked Jesus, save me. And I said, Lord, thank you. Then on the way back, we, we both, after we got back and, and so forth, we both went to the same airport, obviously, there in Seattle, Washington. And uh, he came in and we both had to wait. And we sat down and I talked to him for a while. And my wife witnessed to his wife and his wife was saved and, uh, and so forth. But it was just great. I tell you what, we got a great God. But I say all that to say this. Thank y'all for what you did for your pastor. God will bless you for your giving to the man of God. All right, I got to hustle on. What time do we usually get out here? About a quarter till 12? <laughs> I know he preaches longer than that. All right, take your Bible and turn to uh, Luke chapter 15. I'll try to be brief. I've never been before, but I'll try. No, I will try to get you out on time. I, I, I really will. Luke chapter 15, the great stories here. And I want to just take a few moments. Look at verse number 11 of Luke 15. Stand with me. I'm going to read just a few verses, and then we will uh, come back to this chapter. And I'll, I'll go over it pretty quickly and then share a thought with you and then let you get out of here this morning. Verse 11, he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in land, and he began to be in want. 
And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Father, I pray you'll take the thoughts this morning and use them to bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you for this pastor, the staff, the people. Lord, what a great group there is here this morning. What a... I look out over the crowd and see all these men who are here with their families, men that love the Lord and they're, they're faithful and they're loyal. Bless them today. Bless these ladies. Bless the teenagers, the children, all these folks here this morning. May you take the Word of God, please, Holy Spirit, and drive it deep in our hearts and change us to be more like you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. As I look at this passage of Scripture, and we all know it so well, that we, can, we, we know it and we've heard it preached many times. And I want to just this morning share, pastor, our pastor back at Shawnee preached a series on, called Lost and Found, basically. Uh, but he preached a, a series on the prodigal. I'd never heard a series preached. And when he got on, I, God gave me several thoughts. And I said to him this week, I said, pastor, can I borrow some of your information? He said, it's not mine, it's God's. And he said, use anything you want. I said, well, I'll give you credit. He said, nah, that's all right. You can give yourself credit. I don't care. I got it from somebody else anyway. And so, <laughs> and then he told me one of his, not, it's not all from them, but his, some, a lot of the thoughts came from another source. And he said, but boy, God gave this to me and I really loved it. I said, well, I want to, I want to preach uh, some thoughts here. And so this morning I got up early this morning and, and late last night and did a little bit. I wasn't planning on preaching this, but God changed my mind. And I want to preach this morning on simply this. Rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, my son is coming home. There's a song that's, that, that goes, the chorus goes like this. Rejoice, rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice, go kill the fatted calf. Rejoice, rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice on his behalf. And it's a great song <coughs> to sing. And, and the vor- first verse goes like this. The day has come, the day for which I wept and prayed. The time to shout, my joy has now arrived. My son's come home, his face on the horizon, and my joy is full because he is alive, 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 alive. The the, the second verse goes, the fields ring out, they can't contain my joyful heart. My voice shall sing, my gladness to the sky. My boy is there, he's ever coming ever closer. I see him now, Though though tears are in my eyes, I know they dare not lie. Rejoice, rejoice. My son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice. Go kill the fatted calf. Rejoice, rejoice. My son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice on his behalf. Bring out the purple garment, the one from fallen land. Bring out the jeweled ring for him to place upon his hand. Give him shoes for his feet, for the news is complete. There will be laughter in the air tonight as feasting on the line today. Tonight, I rejoice within my soul tonight. My son is coming home. You know, we look at this passage and we automatically begin to think about a fellow who's gone wayward, who's left and gone into deep immorality or some kind of deep, wicked, vile sin, and he's come back home again. And that's the way we look at it. And praise God for that. I thank God for every person who's gone deep into sin, who made the decision to come back home. What a great thing. And I'm sure across this vast crowd, there are people who went out and lived a wicked life, did things they should have never done, <coughs> and came back home to the Lord. And that's marvelous. I praise God for that. I lift, his, I lift my voice in praise and honor to the the Father who would give you the, and, and, and thank God you had the courage and the conviction to come back home. 
But I think sometimes we look at that and that's who we think this whole passage about. May I look at it from a different perspective a little bit this morning? Yes, that's true, the perspective I just gave you. But I think sometimes we forget that there's times when we go away from God. And the truth is, sometimes we need to come back home. And the truth is, here's what we do. We think every sin that's committed had to be a vile, dirty, wicked sin. But may I remind you in the book of James, if I may turn there and read to you this passage, the Bible says this. If you fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well, or you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin. Now, that doesn't sound like much, does it? Respect to persons? Do you know that respect to persons is sin? But wait a minute, let's go on. He uses that example. You commit sin and are convinced the law is transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. That word offend means to trip or to stumble. If he just trips or stumbles in one area, at one point, he is guilty of all. That means he's as guilty as the murderer. That means he's as guilty as the adulterer. That means he's as guilty as the idolater. That means he's as guilty as the liar. That means he's as guilty as the perverted. And we look at it and say, well, my sin's not that bad. After all, I just showed respect to persons. And he used that one. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make this morning to start this, the message. You know, what we need to realize is, in a lot of ways, we are all men and women who've gone away from God. You know what we've done? We've rebelled against God. And in fact, let me just say this. The first thing I see in this passage is the rebellion of the prodigal. He comes in and says to his dad, I want what's mine. I'm going to inherit this one day and I want it now. I want it now. Not later. I'm not going to wait. By the way, we're in a now generation. I want it now. That's why some of you are in debt right now up to your eyeballs because you want it now and you can't wait to get it. I'm going to say that again. By the way, Pastor, I watched you driving your Cadillac and stuff, and I thought, man, he ought to have a nicer car than that. It's a nice, it, was, it was good enough. It was good enough for me. But you're the pastor of a church like this. You ought to, you ought to have a nice car. I'm, I'm being honest. He ought to have a nice car. And I'm glad y'all saw the need to get him a nice car. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of preachers going around driving beaters. And that's okay if a church can't afford to get him anything else. And he can't afford it. But you know what I admire about the pastor? He didn't go in debt. Hello? He said, I can wait. Brother, was it worth the wait? When you got in that car this week, was it worth the wait? Hello? You want to tell you what the problem with some people? They want it and they want it now. And the young man said, I want it and I want it now. That's the problem with some of you in your relationship with your girlfriend, you young guys, young girls. You, I want it now. No, you wait until you get married and get it. And I don't think I need to go into detail to you figure that now. You can, you can connect the dots yourself. I want it now. That's why a lot of people are in debt. You know, <coughs> I can't live in a house. We need a bigger house. When we were raising our children, we had a three-bedroom home. But the size of it, you know, I'm, I'm talking the rooms weren't very big. And not only did we have five children, but we had three other people that we took care of that lived with us. You add that up, would you? That's ten. Sheila and I did not let him in our bedroom. All right. <laughs> so the rest of them was all in the other two bedrooms. 
And you know how many bathrooms we had? You're right, one, and it wasn't very big. Well, we can't, we can't have just one bathroom. You realize I got a family of four, and one bathroom's not enough. It was for us with ten. When I was growing up, we lived in a house that didn't even have indoor bathroom. And there was a whole bunch of us. I'm a family of nine children. They saved the best for last, but I won't tell you who was last because of my humility. <laughs> all right, they, all the leftovers were thrown together, and the last one was just the leftovers put together, and he was of no value, and that was me. Now I've told the truth. The first one wasn't totally true. I'm going to tell you something. He said, I want it, I want it now. So he demanded of the, the demands of the son. Give me, and the Bible says, verse 13, he gathered all together. Then I seen all the demands of the son in his rebellious state, but the destruction of the son. By the way, rebellion always leads to destruction in some, of something. It may destroy a marriage. It may destroy a relationship. It may destroy a friendship. It may destroy your relationship with Christ. But he went out and he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, you always waste what you've got when you become rebellious. Brad, Brother Brad said it this morning about some of the things you waste when you take your, don't tithe and do what you ought to do. You waste away the blessings that you would have gotten from giving. By the way, all of you who gave for pastor and his wife, you know what? You will be blessed because you gave. Given it, shall be given. Shaken down, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and I just misquoted it, but you got the idea. <laughs> I see the rebellion. I see the reflection of the, of the prodigal. Look down, if you would, please, verse 17. When he came to himself, that word came is in the linear tense. It means he came to himself and he thought about it and thought, man, I shouldn't have done it. What was I thinking? And he came to himself again and said, man, what was I thinking? And he came to himself again and said, man, what was I thinking? And after he's there and he's eating, he's in the pig pen. Isn't it amazing? This is probably, this boy was probably, he was preaching to a bunch of what? Jewish people? What one place would you not want to be, Pastor, if you're Jewish? In the pig pen. You wouldn't even want to be around the pigs. But we used to raise pigs. My father-in-law raised a bunch of them for a while. Pig pens stink. And that's where he ended up. He thought about, I, I, this is what I think he did. Notice what he said. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have had bread in their feet and I perished with hunger? I'm going to tell you what he did. He thought about what he, what he did have. Boy, this is what I had, Brad, when I used to have. Man, look what I used to have. Man, I had, you name it, and I had it. Look what I had, and I've wasted it. I've, I've spent it all. It's gone. I have nothing left. I think he thought about what the servants had now, have now. Look what he said. My father's, how many hired servants my father's have bread enough and to spare? Man, they have plenty. I'm here starving to death and my father's servants, the hired, I'm talking about not the children, not the sons. I'm talking about the very hired servants have more to eat than they can even eat and they got all amount to spare and yet I have nothing. What was I thinking? Why did I do such a foolish thing? I think he thought about what he did have, what his servants had. I think about, he thought about what he could have. 
Then if I go back, look, you know, I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, I have sinned before he- against heaven and before thee and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. And at least as a hired servant, I'll have all the food to eat and I won't be starving to death and at least I'll have some type of a life. Here, I'm wasted. Here, I have nothing. Here, I'm with the pigs. Here, I'm trying to eat and there's nothing to eat and I'm starving to death. I see the rebellion of the prodigal, the reflections of the prodigal, and I see the repentance of the prodigal. Look at verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned. Look at, his, look at verse 20. And he arose. That was the starting point and came to the father. He arose and came to the father. He knew where to come. He knew where to come. See, he went away from the Father, but he knew he could always come back to the Father. May I say to you sitting in this room this morning, you can always come back to the Father. You can always come back to the Father. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done, Brother Moon. I don't care. You can always come back to the Father. Yeah, but my life's wrecked. I don't care. You can come back to the Father. Yeah, but you don't know what I've gotten into. I don't care. You can come back to the Father. And when he came to himself, he said, I can go back to my Father. And the Bible says his actions were changed. He arose. And came. And when he saw the father, he said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He admitted he'd done wrong. Acknowledged what he had done. And and said, I'm not even worthy to be thy son. I'm not asking you to take me back as a son. I'm just asking you to take me back as a hired servant. Just let me come back and be a hired servant. I don't need to be a son anymore. I, I wasted that. I threw that away. I threw it away. I'm not worthy to be a son anymore. I know that. I think you see true repentance here. May I say this? The reason why we don't have a revival is we don't have true repentance. What we do is we make some little flippant thing and say, all right, God, I probably did, I probably did wrong. Of course, if you knew that guy sitting next to me, that woman down the row, what she's done, and here they are preaching to me. Nobody's preaching to anybody. The Holy Spirit's the one doing the preaching to you. May I say this morning that he came home. He, the repentance of the son, his actions, he arose and came. I'm going to tell you how you get right with God. Arise and come. I'm going to tell you why we have an old-fashioned altar. Because it's a sign of humility. And no one ever gets right with God that doesn't humble himself. When David did his wicked sin in, in Psalm 51, you go there and look. David came back to the father, came to, came to God and said, Father, God, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this wickedness. Well, amen. I thought he sinned against Bathsheba and her husband and killed her husband. No, he said, against you, God, and you only have I done this. He acknowledged and admitted he had done wrong. And he came and said, with a broken and contrite spirit. And the Bible says, God does not despise a broken and a contrite spirit. And he came with a repentant, broken, contrite spirit. And one of the problems we never get right with God is we never come to the point in our life where we have a broken, contrite spirit. And that's why we don't have a revival. Revive us again, as long as it don't cost me anything. Fill his heart with our love. May its soul be rekindled. Well, maybe with fire from above, but if that's going to change me, let's, let, let me think about it. So I see the rebellion of the prodigal, the reflection of the prodigal, the repentance of the prodigal. And then I see the restoration of the prodigal, and this is my favorite part. In verse 20, And he arose and came to the Father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Do you know that 
I believe, Brad, I believe it's on my heart. I believe that when he left, this is what I believe. It's not in the Bible, okay? I believe that every day his dad went and looked at the direction he left and thought, one day I hope he comes home. I hope he comes home. God, bring him home. Bring my boy home today. Bring my boy home today. And I think with a broken heart, his dad sat out there and prayed, God, bring my boy home today. I believe that. And with a broken heart, he prayed, I believe every day, oh God, would you please bring my boy home? Lord, you know how much I love him. You know how much I love him. I would give my life for him, God, if you just bring him home. The Bible says he saw his son, him and had compassion and ran. I see the father running to the son. I want you to notice something. It does not say the son ran to the father. It said the father ran to the son. Well, I, I would come back to God, but I'm just afraid. Can I tell you something? Draw an eye to God and he'll draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, your sin, and purify your heart, your double-minded. I'm going to tell you what. Brother Josh, can I use you a minute? Go over to, all the way over there. I've used this illustration here before, but I want to use it again. All right, hold on a minute. And here's what happens. I, I'm the wicked sinner, and I am the wicked sinner, and he's going to be the father. And watch this. You just said, draw an eye to God and he'll draw an eye to you. Watch this. I want you to notice something. I took one step and he took two. You know why? Because the Father runs to you when you make the effort to go toward him. The Father runs to you when you make the effort to go toward him. Thank you, Josh. I'm going to tell you what we need to do. We need to make the effort to go toward him. And the Father, when he saw him coming, he rose and came. And the father saw him a long ways off. And the father looked through it. I don't know if he had some kind of a, a mechanism to look through. I don't know if he had some kind of glass. But whatever reason, he saw the son afar off. And he didn't just say, well, about time the rascal came home. Yeah, get you with your tail tucked between your legs. With your wicked, vile heart. You probably wasted everything I gave him. Now, look at this. We don't have near what we would have had before. And you'd have had more if you'd have kept it. We could have, in, we could have invested it in something else. And it made more money. And you'd have more now. And if you'd just listen to me and done what I said, you wouldn't be gone now. And, and what you need to do, by the way, that's how we deal with our children when they go wrong. We tell them all the things that's wrong. Instead of saying, come home, come home. And then when we see them come and go, well, here he comes. Here he comes. And that's what the father does. When he sees you coming, he goes running. Woo! Here he comes. Here he comes. And that's what we need to do is come home to Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you come home to him, he'll come running to you. The father ran to the son. The father received the son. And the father restored the son. Well, glory. He comes to him and he says, I've sinned, Father. It's heaven and thy sight. <laughs> I'm no more to be worthy to be called thy son. But his father said to servants, bring the best robe. I put it on him. I put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. These were all symbols of what? He was a son. He didn't restore him as a servant. He restored him as a son. 
And the father looks at you and you say, man, I've done some pretty stupid stuff and dumb stuff. And the father says, you'll come home, I'll put a robe on your back. The robe of righteousness. I'll put a ring on your finger. I'll put shoes on your feet. These items were not items necessarily given to, son, to servants, but they were given to sons. See the intimacy there. And what Jesus wants you to do this morning is come home. Say, well, I'm not like the prodigal. No, but you've done some pretty stub, dumb things, you too. Let's go back to James. If we offend in one point, we're guilty of how many? Say it with me. We're guilty of how many? Say it with me. We're guilty of how many? So what makes you better than him? And in that past, he said, God's no respecter of persons. You think he's going to give you respect? But here's why we don't run to Jesus. P-R-I-D-E. You know, I think that old boy, pastor, was down in that TV. You're talking about pride. Pride went out the door. He was, at, he, was at the, he was so low, he couldn't even reach up and touch bottom. Sometimes God's got to get you there to get your attention, doesn't he? Sometimes he's got to get me there to get my attention. That's not what he wants. He wants to come home. I see the father praying. Bring my boy home. Father, bring my boy home. Bring my boy home, please. Bring my boy home. And he's looking, searching. I know he's out there somewhere. Bring him home. And then when he sees him and he gets him, Rejoice, rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice, go kill the fatted calf. Rejoice, rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice on his behalf. The days have come, the day for which I wept and prayed, the time to shout, my joy has now arrived, my son Come home, his face on the horizon, and my joy is full because he is alive, 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 alive. Rejoice, rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice, go kill the fatted calf. Rejoice, rejoice, my son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice on his behalf. The fields ring out. They can't contain my joyful heart. My voice shall sing my gladness to the sky. My boy is here. He's coming ever closer, and I see him now. Though tears are in my eyes, I know they dare not lie. Rejoice, rejoice. My son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice. Go kill the fatted calf. Rejoice, rejoice. My son is coming home again. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice on his behalf. Now, here's the, here's the invitation. Would you come home to Jesus today? What is it in your life that God's spoken to you about? No, 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 no. You're not way off in the pig pen. But brother, you're on the direction there because you're not obeying what God said. And anything you disobey him, it becomes rebellious toward him. And you're on your way to rebellion. You just hadn't got as far as he got. But you know you're on that direction. And God has spoken to your heart this morning. This morning I got up. This is God's honest tooth. I got up this morning, got on my knees before God and said, I'm coming home, God. I failed you. I made a mistake. It was wicked. It was vile. And this morning, I came home to Jesus. Would you join me and come home to him today? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one looking around. Do you know for sure heaven's your home? You're here this morning. It's time for you to come home. Let's stand together. Time for you to come home. You need to come to Jesus if you're not saved.
How many say, I know for sure I'm saved, brother? Moon, raise your hand. I know I'm saved. It's a testimony to Almighty God. I'm saved. Raise your hand. Hold it there just a minute. I know I'm saved. I know I'm heaven bound. I got born again. I got saved. No heaven's my home. Raise your hand and hold it there just a second. Now put your hands down. Maybe you couldn't raise your hand.